This is the Wife Wisdom Podcast with Christy Little-Jones of MrsChristyJones.com, episode number 77. In today's episode, I am sharing seven self-love must-dos that will help you learn to love yourself more. Up next on the Wife Wisdom Podcast. Welcome to the Wife Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Little-Jones. I'm a relationship coach, a marriage and family champion, and the chief cheerleader for women all over the world. The Wife Wisdom Podcast is a real conversation designed to help you cultivate the heart of a wife. If you are single and desire to be married, if you are newly married and want to thrive as a wife, or if you are a seasoned wife and just need a little encouragement staying a wife, you are in the right place. If you are new to our podcast, woohoo! Welcome to the family. I am thrilled that you are here. And if you are already a part of my tribe and you don't already know, I love and appreciate you. I am excited about today's episode because this episode is designed to help my people pleasers out there. People pleasers in the house. Hey, ho, hey. <laughs> And let me tell you, I have been a people pleaser and I'm in recovery from people pleasing for decades, many, many decades of my life. And I'm happy and proud to say that with intention, with effort and a lot of soul work, a lot of heart work, I am on the other side of people pleasing. It doesn't um, hurt also that my age and getting older, you really move further away from people pleasing. So be encouraged. If you find yourself to be a people pleaser, or you are a recovering people pleaser, the older you get, the less people pleasing tactics or action you take because you start not caring <laughs> what other people think or say. Because when we are people pleasers, or we grow up people pleasers, it's usually because we are either searching or looking for approval. We are searching or looking for validation or acceptance or just a sense of belonging. And we are trying to fit in and we morph ourselves into what we think people want us to be in order to receive this acceptance or approval or to be liked, or it's a whole, it's a gamut of different things as to why people, people, people please. And it's interesting because it's often women who people please. I have not met a whole bunch of male people pleasers. It's usually women, which I think is very interesting. And so in today's episode, I want to share some of the things that I have learned along my journey of recovering from people pleasing that has helped me to learn how to love myself more, to love myself better, and to love myself first. Because if you really think about it, how can you love someone else if you don't know how to love yourself? Think about it. If you don't love yourself, if you don't know how to love yourself, how can you love someone else? If you don't receive love by giving it to yourself, how can you give love to someone else? Genuinely, sincerely, without judgment or criticism, right? So the 
perfect person to practice on receiving love, giving love and loving period is yourself. And I'm not talking about the arrogant, you know, you don't want to be around that person because they're just so full of themselves kind of love. This is not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about an arrogance. I'm talking about a genuine soul appreciation and love for who you are, for who God's created you to be, and for how he has created you to be. And so let's talk about the seven self-love must do's in order to really learn how to love yourself more, love yourself better, and love yourself first. So number one is stop people pleasing. It's so, it's so exhausting. And I didn't realize how much of a people pleaser I was until I woke up one day, I was 30 years old and I was exhausted. I was so tired of being one way with this person or this group of people and another way with this person or that group of people. It was exhausting. And then I would forget who I was, who I was supposed to be with this group and that group because everything started getting blurry because I was not authentically who God created me to be. It was exhausting. So it really took an aha moment. It took an intention, a just being deliberate that I was no longer going to morph into someone that I wasn't or morph into someone who I thought I needed to be in order to receive approval or validation or acceptance. And a lot of people pleasing stems from our childhood. It stems from the experiences that we had in our childhood. And so I grew up and many of you've heard this story before, if you are part of my tribe, but I grew up in Santa Barbara, California, where there were not a lot of people who looked like me. And so there was not a sense of belonging, right? So I felt like an outsider all the time. I felt like I didn't belong because I looked so differently from everyone else in my class, everyone else in my school, everyone else in my community, everyone else in the in the city, right? I looked very different. And so when you experience this as a at a young age, oftentimes people pleasing is a part of your experience because there is not a sense of belonging and you are so different. And so Uh, The first thing is to stop people pleasing. And when you people please, you are looking for other people to validate who you are. And guess what? One person has created you. God has created you to be who you are, the way you are, and how you are for his purpose, for a reason. Not for Tom, Dick, Joe, Harry, Janie, Fred, like all of these people who have their own opinions We are not looking for these 10 people to approve us because 10 people have may have 10 different opinions of us, right? So if we continue to go on living our lives, trying to gain approval and and validation from all of these different people that are in our lives who have all of these different opinions and perspectives, we are going to drive ourselves bananas because we are not going to be able to be genuinely who God's created us to be because we're trying to please what everybody else wants us to be. And they don't know our purpose. They don't know God's plan for our lives. And it took me almost 40 years to realize that. And so being a people pleaser from as young as I can remember 
to starting my journey at 30 years old, I easily was in my, my people like people pleasing recovery journey easily for 14 years before I realized, wow, I really cared what people thought. And that's honestly what people pleasers do. They care what other people think. And it's challenging because I've never really met a male people pleaser, which is very interesting. I met a ton of female people pleasers, but not a bunch of male people pleasers, which is really interesting. We'll have to talk about that on another episode. But people, so when I say number one, stop people pleasing, I want you to start being conscious about if you care about what others think. If you care about what others think about you, I want you to be conscious of it. There's nothing you can do, nothing you can say. I don't want you to do anything. If somebody has an opinion of you that is not accurate, that's not right, that's not correct, because people will judge you, people will have an opinion of you, and they don't even know you. (laughs) They don't even have a relationship with you, and they will judge you. They will have an opinion of you without even knowing you, without even having a conversation with you. So why is it that you care about someone's opinion of you who doesn't even know you? So I want you to think about that. Number one, stop people pleasing and start becoming more aware of if you care about other people's, about other people's opinion of you or about other pe- what other people think about you, your situation, or your circumstance, or even just your life. Okay, number two, practice saying no. This is a big one for us ladies, whether you're a people pleaser or not, we take on the world. I think God designed us to take on and carry a lot, but some of us are a little ridiculous, including myself, where we take on so much And we don't say no when we are just maxed out. We'll say, okay, I can do one more thing. Okay, I can do one more thing. And we're exhausted. We burn ourselves out. We burn the candle on both ends. And then we're no good for no one else. Well, guess what? In order for you to love yourself more, love yourself better, and to love yourself first, you have to start practice. You have to start practicing saying no. And so even if you have the room in your life to do something, I want you to practice saying no. See what it feels like because in the beginning, especially if you're a people pleaser or a recovering people pleaser, it's very uncomfortable. Very, very uncomfortable because you're going to be worried about what the other person is going to think about you, what the other person is going to say about you. You don't want them to think that you are not reliable or you're not loyal or you're not responsible or that they can't depend on you. All of these different things are going to be going through your head, but you've got to say no anyway, because I want you to practice saying no and realize that on the other end, that if you don't do it, it's not going to fall apart. That's one of the things that we as people pleasers think is that if we don't do it, it won't get done, right? If we don't handle it all, it's not going to happen. And we've got to really learn to let go of that, that weight, to let go of the ownership of over everything and everyone's success because that is causing more weight, it's causing more stress than is necessary. We are not responsible for everyone else's success and happiness and 
responsible for their reactions. That's another thing that people pleasers do. If they say or do something and someone responds or reacts in a very, um, you know, in a way that is either shocking or, or disappointing, then the people pleaser takes on the responsibility that, oh, it was my fault that I said this or I did this because that other person responded like this. No, you are not responsible for other people's responses or reactions. You are not responsible. They are 100% responsible for their reaction, for their, their response. You are not responsible. That is a typical people-pleasing uh, weight that we carry, right? We feel we're responsible if other people are mad at us because we told the truth and they didn't like it. So they now they pull their love away or they say or do something. And now we're so uncomfortable in our skin because we care what they think. We care how they treat us and we take on full responsibility for the way they responded and reacted. Absolutely not. No more. Practice saying no and stay in the discomfort of it because I promise you it will go away over time. That's why I said practice, practice saying no over time. The discomfort of the no will dissipate. It will release. It won't be so, you know, gut wrenching. And it will go away. Like, I'm so sorry. Uh, you know, I don't have the the space or I don't have the bandwidth to do that. Or nope, I'm not able to go. Or, or I can't come. I'm so sorry. Have a great time. And eventually it's going to become easier. But you've got to keep practicing so that you can take action to to step out of the the comfort now of people pleasing. Because people pleasers are comfortable with with morphing into all of these different people and things and situ and <laughs> circumstances because that's be that's part of who they know themselves to be. So in order to love yourself more, you've got your it's going to be uncomfortable. You're going to start doing things that are opposite of what is a default for you or what is comfortable for you. Number 3. Take authority over all negative thoughts. People pleasers worry and we, there's a lot of self-doubt. And so when there's self-doubt and there's worry, we think that we can read people's minds, right? Can I get a high five? Can I get an amen? We think we can read other people's minds because we, because again, people pleasers morph into who they think the other person wants them to be. So now we're mind readers. We think that we can do this or say this or say it like this or do it like this and we'll be loved more. We'll be accepted more. We'll be approved more. We'll be validated more because now we're, we're mind readers, right? Mm, nope. So we've got to take authority over all of our negative thoughts. And so when I say take authority, you know, you have the power, you God has given you the power to take authority over your negative thoughts. So if we have a negative thought about someone else's perception of us, we could literally if we don't get a hold of it right then and there, that thing can run wild in our mind. And then we can't even get out of bed. Because we have created this story in our mind that is so negative, that is so completely inaccurate, is so completely wrong that, but we've allowed the, the negative thought to 
literally balloon in our mind where now we're suffering from such extreme self-doubt, such extreme self-judgment and loathing and low self-esteem because we've created these big monstrous stories in our own mind about what we think other people think of us. And guess what? We're not mind readers. And so you have to take authority. Take every thought captive in your mind that does not align with the truth. Take every thought that's negative. Oh, there, if I, I don't want to go to this party because so-and-so is going to be there. And when I walk in by myself, because nobody's going to go with me, they're going to laugh at me. Like it can run, the stories are, can be all over the place. But guess what? The very person that you're afraid of seeing at the party isn't even going. But because you've created this big story in your mind, now you are staying home. You're not going to this party, even though you're supposed to be there because you're going to meet somebody that has a, God has a plan for in your future. But because you're in your mind, you've let it run rampant and it's totally wrong. Now you're staying home and you're sad, right? It, we have got to get a hold of negative thoughts. And so when you, a negative thought comes up in your mind and you know, it's a negative thought, guess what? Identify, oh, this is a negative thought. This is not true. And you just, and choose another thought. So if you have a negative thought, choose another thought, especially if the negative thought is where if you are trying to be a mind reader for what somebody else thinks. So be brave enough to even ask, right? Ask the person that you're trying to read their mind. Ask if you know them, ask them the question. So you don't have to guess. You don't have to try to be a mind reader. But this also comes with uh, what I'm going to be talking about later on in the episode. Um, I think it's number six or seven. But where you ask the question, do not assume. Do not assume you know what somebody else thinks, especially if you don't ask them. Number four, stop comparing. Ooh, this is a big one for us ladies. Woo, this is a big one. We, I think many of us default to comparing. We compare, we see a bad girl walk in the room. She is dressed to the nine, fabulous, looks amazing. And now we immediately size ourselves up against her. We are, oh man, either, you know, depending on our level of self-esteem, right? And security, we're either judging her, oh, she thinks she's cute, or we're judging ourselves. Man, she looks amazing. I don't. Oh, I don't. I have. I don't like my thighs. I don't like my my arms. Wow, look at her arms. They're they're so muscular. Oh man, right. So we're either judging her or we're judging ourselves when we see women at any stage, any age, right? So biggest thing: stop comparing. Stop judging. Stop comparing yourself to other people. Stop judging yourself up against other people. It's the same thing. Stop comparing. Stop judging. Stop judging other people. Stop judging other women. Stop judging yourself. Stop comparing yourself to other women. Because guess what? Number five, fall in love with your own journey. This is very difficult because we live in a social media world where 
you know, we see everybody's best on social media and it makes our best look worse, (laughs) right? It makes our best look raggedy when we see other people's best and we're like, wow, I wonder what it's like to to have that or be like, well, I started my business when I, when they started their business and my business hasn't taken off, but theirs, they're just, they made six figures in their first launch of their program. You know, you're comparing yourself. You are not falling in love with your own journey. You're not embracing your own plan, your own path. And again, it's difficult if you're comparing It's almost impossible if you continue to compare your life with other people's lives. And so there's some, sometimes you just have to get off social media for a minute so that you can regroup, reset your own focus on your own life, on your own journey. Because again, we're bombarded with images. We're bombarded with these lives, right? That we think are real, but we don't really know these these people and everything that's going on behind the scenes. We don't know what their lives are, but the lives that they portray are amazing. And it makes us want to compare our own lives with theirs. So number four, stop comparing, stop judging, stop judging yourself, stop judging the other people that you may see in your life. Stop comparing yourself to them. There's no comparison. Their life is like an apple. Your life is like a pomegranate. There's no comparison at all. And there never, ever will be. And the thing is, is like, if we can really truly grasp this concept of stop comparing, stop judging ourselves, it will make our self-love journey so much easier. Number five, fall in love with your own journey. Fall in love with your own personal journey. There's no one's life. There's no one person in the entire planet that is like you. So when you think about it like that, why am I comparing myself when there's nothing that can compare to me? There's nothing, no one, no thing, no scenario, no situation that can compare to me because I'm one of a kind. I'm one, the one and only the one and only. So why are we comparing ourselves to other people, right? Because they're their one and only, you're your one and only. So if we're one and onlys, why are we even comparing ourselves to other things and other people? Because we're just setting ourselves up for failure. We're setting ourselves up for disappointment and discouragement when we compare ourselves to other people. Number six, stop shrinking. This is a big one. I did so much shrinking in my lifetime because of shame, because of guilt, because of not belonging, because of not knowing my identity, because of just being embarrassed. And I just, I would shrink back. And I, some of you know what I mean when I say shrink back. So when you want to say something and you don't, because you're not sure what other people's reactions are going to be, you're not sure if you're going to be accepted or if you're going to be approved or validated or welcomed into the group or the, or the conversation. So you don't say anything, you shut down and you are quiet and you observe. 
that is shrinking. And then you only boldly step into who you are authentically when you have gotten to know the people or when you're comfortable, right? And then even then you may hesitate a little bit because you're just not 100% confident that you're going to be accepted if you share your opinion, if you share what you feel or what you think. This is so important. Stop shrinking because when you shrink, you are diminishing your identity. You are not stepping fully into who God's created you to be when you shrink. And so this is so important that you learn to be authentic. And it's scary sometimes because if everyone's having a conversation about something that is hot and heavy and you want to jump in the discussion, but you're, you're afraid of what other people are going to think about you, then guess what? You're shrinking. And what happens when you stop shrinking? When you don't shrink, when you step and you, and you live from a place of authenticity and you live from a place of confidence, guess what? It gives everyone else in around you a, it gives them a platform to live authentically from their selves as well. So I'm gonna give you an example. Um, I have three teenagers and when they were in middle school, I remember talking to, I think it was Blaze and he was, he was like, mom, I just don't like asking questions in class. And I was like, why? He, I was like, you don't, you didn't understand this. Cause he'll come home and say, mom, can you, can you help me do this or help me understand this? And I'm like, well, why didn't you ask your teacher? Did she teach you on this? And he would say, yeah, but I didn't want to ask any questions. Why? Because I didn't want to appear stupid. I didn't want to feel dumb. I didn't want my, my classmates or my friends to think I was dumb and didn't understand. Or I didn't want the teacher to think that I was dumb and didn't understand. So again, It starts young where we really care what people think. And so I was, I kept encouraging him to ask the question, to be the bold one, to be the first one to ask the question, because I guarantee you there's going to be somebody else in your class. If you don't understand, they don't understand either. So I want you to be the first one to give other people permission to ask questions. And so he started to do that. He started to practice asking questions. And over time, he got more comfortable with asking questions, even though everyone else in the classroom classroom was silent, he started asking questions. And guess what happened? He gave permission to everyone else in the class to ask questions as well. And then before you know it, there was a lot of dialogue in the class and the teacher was excited because the, the students were engaged. But it took my my son coming to me and saying, I don't like asking questions for me to be able to identify what was really going on, encouraging him to be the first, don't be embarrassed, be brave to be the first to ask the question. And it was a domino effect. It trickled to the other students in the classroom and they were asking questions as well. So when you stop shrinking and when you are brave and you are literally, this moves into number seven and you start living boldly, in who God's created you to be, it gives permission to people around you to do the same. Because when they're scared to ask the question, but they see you ask the question, it, it builds them up. It gives them courage to ask a question because they're not the first one. So my, my number seven is live boldly and without apology. 
live boldly and without apology. So when you live boldly, when you share your opinion or you, you don't shrink and you live authentically from who God's created you to be without apologizing about it, without, without apologizing for it, it gives the people around you permission to do the same. It's a beautiful domino effect when you see that happen, when you see that, you know, and we've experienced that even where, even in the elevator, if you're in the elevator, there are a lot of people in the elevator, you know, you kind of got a little bit of a ride. It's not a really quick ride. And someone says, hey, good morning. Then you start hearing other people say, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, right? And it's so, it can be as little as that, saying good morning in a crowd of people who aren't saying anything to anyone, to asking a question, um, either in a meeting or in your classroom, to, to sharing your opinion about politics, which is, right, this is going to be often taboo. But the bottom line is you cannot... You can no longer shrink and be afraid to be authentic. And we, so so many of us as people pleasers don't even know what authentic is. We don't even know who we are. And I remember going through that probably for two years where I didn't even know what I wanted. I didn't know what I liked. I didn't know what my favorite food was. I didn't know any of that because it just would change so frequently. It was out of control. And so I want to encourage you to just get still, be still with yourself. What is it that you love most about you? What is it that people are drawn to you for? What is it that you want? Where are your blind spots, right? Where do you, where are those gaps where you really need to do some soul work, some heart work, some mind work? Where are those areas that you need to really get better in? And who do you have in your life that's that you trust that can share or show you your blind spots? And you know it's not out of manipulation, out of control, out of jealousy or envy or comparison or any of that, but they truly love you and they want you to be the become the best version of yourself. So who do you have in your life that you can even ask? Hey, can you tell me and you know what what you see in my life as areas that I need to work on, that I need to grow in and be open enough to receive it. Don't get defensive. Don't get mad because you asked the question, right? So you want to create a safe place for them to be real and honest if you're trying to be real and honest with yourself, right? And um a friend of a really good one of my best friends um was sharing with me that until you, she shared this nugget with me today, but until you are real with yourself, there can be no change. Ooh, until you are real with yourself, there can be no change. And this is a bonus, right? This is a bonus number eight, that you've got to be real with yourself. We as people pleasers, we sometimes don't like being real right with ourselves because sometimes the truth is uncomfortable sometimes the truth is it hurts and the truth is in our face and we don't know how to navigate we don't know how how to navigate through it or around it so we just want to avoid it so when you are real with yourself you are facing the truth about your yourself 
you're facing the truth about your circumstances and your situations and the scenarios in your life. And until you are real with yourself, there can be no change. And so I want you to really be still, be intentional and be real with yourself. Be real. Are you a good friend or do you get defensive at at, with everybody, everyone who talks to you, who says something that you don't like to hear, you get defensive about it. Well, guess what? If you're single and you're wondering why you're single all the time, you got to be real with yourself and find out, ask some people closest to you about your blind spots. You may be giving off negativity. You may be giving off anger. You may be giving off bitterness and nobody wants to be around that. And you have no idea that this is what you're giving off because you think, you know, again, you think everything is, is good and you don't know why no one even wants to go hang out with you. So these are some of the things that have really helped me in my life, in my journey of truly overcoming people pleasing. So number one, stop people pleasing. Number two, practice saying no. Number three, Take authority over all of your negative thoughts. Number four, stop comparing and stop judging. Number five, fall in love with your own journey. Number six, stop shrinking from your identity and who God's created you you to be. And number seven, live boldly and without apology. And the bonus is be real with yourself be real so that you can truly change. And so this episode, as you can hear, is I'm really passionate about because I still am overcoming people pleasing. There are times, yes, that I'm, I'm, I don't have any people pleasing tendencies at all. But then there's some times where there's some triggers that come up. And then I'm, I have to really be conscious not to people please. And to really get still get real with myself and say, okay, who am I? And how am I going to respond? Who am I? What would God want me to do? Who am I? And being obedient to the path that you've been called to, right? And so I'm so I'm, I'm really grateful for you hopping on and listening to this episode for sharing this with your friends and your tribe, and continuing to to listen each and every week. Thank you for allowing me to share my heart and my experiences and my my passion for you as a woman, as a future wife, as a wife-to-be, a wife, current wife, or even a wife who needs encouragement staying a wife. And to all of my fellas who love us, and are just trying to learn and and understand us better. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you. Love you with all my heart. And I look forward to connecting with you next week. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. I really, really appreciate it. If you are not following us on Instagram at Wife Wisdom, I invite you to join our tribe over on social media on Instagram. If you have not rated our podcast on iTunes, please do so to rate and review us. That would be awesome in helping other women find our podcast. But most importantly, I just thank you so much for 
continuing to be consistent and listening to our podcast each and every week, sharing this with your sister circle and continuing to just share and and send me love and encouragement and support that this is blessing you, that it's encouraging you, that you truly are benefiting and feel like you're being served through this podcast. So thank you so much for being here. I love you so much with all my heart and I look forward to connecting with you next week. Bye-bye. The Wife Wisdom Podcast with Christy Little-Jones was created to help you cultivate the heart of a wife by giving you practical tools, tips, and techniques to live happily ever after. Well, at least most of the time. (laughs) So until next week, keep learning, keep listening, and keep love first. Bye-bye.